0: TwoQuestions.TV, brief questions, deep knowledge, for
1: executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Hi, and welcome to TwoQuestions.TV. I'm your host, Susan Baranchini-Mo. I have been plugging this interview for quite a while, folks. You know this. Um, I am interviewing my friend, Bob Berg. He's a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities even to a former president. And Bob is the author of a number of fantastic books on sales, marketing and influence. And he has book sales in well over a million copies. Um, His book, the go giver, this book, which we'll be talking about today, was co-authored with John David Mann, and it has sold over a half a million copies and has been translated into 21 languages. It has been released in a new expanded edition with a forward by Huffington Post founder and publisher Arianna Huffington. Bob's an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He's an unapologetic animal fanatic, right on, and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his hometown of Jupiter, Florida. And we're so grateful that we get to have this interview, and he fared... Okay, during the hurricane. Bob, welcome and thank you for being on the show.
0: I love you, Susan Darren King. <laughs> oh, it's great to speak with you. It's been, it's been, too, been
1: long. too long. It's been too long. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm really glad to have you on the show and, and happy to get to talk to you about a couple of questions that I emailed you because I've been thinking about these for a while and they've been kind of nagging at me. So I've been promising my viewers that we are going to talk about the Go Giver again. This book,
0: Ooh, we're wow, gonna do that so well.
1: we're gonna talk about this. I'm not even looking at the screen. we're we're gonna talk about this book today, and I promise them in a totally different way than we've talked about it before. Okay. So, um, as I said, I've been thinking about you a lot and and I've been wishing because you know, you hear something kind of constantly that you once said. You once said, and I know I'm this isn't, you know, You once said, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And that's become kind of a part of the DNA of how a lot of people do business today. Um, But many people forget that there's a first part of that sentence, which is all things being equal. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. And sometimes... and and this came out in our email conversation, they even say all things not being equal, people will still do business with people they know, like, and trust, which is not what you said at all. So is it weird to hear something that you wrote um, as a part of this DNA of how people do business and to hear people repeat something this way, do you still stand by the original statement? And what do you wish people knew about the statement?
0: Sure. And, and, you
1: know, the unfortunate
0: thing, Susan, is that, and of course it's a compliment that people will will quote you. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if it's not accurate, it's a compliment that they would mean to quote you. And right. I you know, I'm always one, and you know me, I always really want to make sure I credit people who said something of in the right way. And when I hear Zig's quotes being mangled and other quotes, I always, you know, I always want to like politely correct the person or right, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what I, the actual quote is all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Now I'm sure, first of all, I didn't make up the know, like, and trust part that that's probably been around forever. My thing that I put on was aside from the referrals part is all things being equal. And that's the key because if, if we live in a commodity-based society these days. Technology mm-hmm. has leveled the playing field. Basically, most products work and most services are pretty much the same. Uh, with that in mind, it typically comes down to other things like, well, uh, if if a, if a potential buyer sees no significant difference in a product or service, it's gonna come down to who has the lowest price, right, or, or something right. like that. And that's where the relationship comes in all things being equal though the price is pretty much equal the quality is pretty much equal ability to deliver is pretty much equal it will come down to the relationship who they know who they like who they
1: trust
0: okay now people will sometimes say so that's why that first part's very important okay now the second part the second thing you you brought up uh correctly is that people will say well even when it's not equal here's so so here's the key to this. I probably should have said all things being equal or close enough to equal.
1: Yes. Because
0: the fact <laughs> is, while it's never totally, if it gets too far from being um, equal, then no, it, it won't necessarily, they can know, like, and trust you, but if you can't deliver the goods, they're not going to do business with you. In other words, not out of a, a lack of, Of competency but let's say you're not you you physically the way the things are set up can't deliver in ten days and that's when they need it or let's say the 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 price is so much different that um, when there's no real reason for it to be you cannot justify uh, through the added value or the relationship okay so now so here's one other example that I often use okay when I was a little kid We went to, my family went to a dentist, Dr. Von Salides. He was just a a, a wonderful Greek man back in in, uh, Peabody, Massachusetts, where I lived the first five years or four years, okay? Now, we moved to the town of Natick, which was about 45 or 50 minutes away. But we loved Dr. V. So we made the trip twice a year, the whole family, 45, even though they were dentists who were very good, right in town. They're probably as good as Dr. V. But all things being equal, people will be right <laughs> trip like We made the trip. Okay. Right. Now, eventually I moved away and moved to Jupiter, Florida. Okay. Now I still love Dr. V. Well, assuming I, I actually, I don't even know if he's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> but I mean, assuming was when I moved down, he was still alive. Great guy. Now was I going to Twice a year, getting on get on a plane from West Palm Beach to Lo- to Logan Airport in Boston, rent a car or take a cab, uh, <laughs> go through uh, two hours of traffic in the uh, heading, you know, back when they had the big gig going on, when it was, a- no.
1: Things all are not things, equal. <laughs> right,
0: all things were not close, even close enough to equal. It yeah. didn't matter. I found a dentist down here. So when people say things like, well, all things be equal, and even- not equal they mean well and i understand what they mean by that okay but no that really kind of veers off a little too much and takes the original meaning away that it's when things are equal or pretty much close enough to equal it will be about the relationship
1: exactly exactly i'm so glad we cleared that up (laughs) okay now um you and i have kind of touched on this before um this book the go-giver. Oh, I uh, <laughs> oh, this book, this book, this one. <laughs> um, so, so over the years, you know, I, I make this book recommended reading for pretty much all my clients, especially my entrepreneur clients. Um, and it's, it's just, it's, that's one of the things we do it's required. Um, but what I found is it can be incredibly challenging for some people to really see the go-giver principles and, authentically inhabit them. It's it, it's something that I hear from the startup and challenged sort of struggling clients all the time, that it's very easy to be generous and giving. When you already have success and you have business coming through the door, it is harder to do that when you really need the business. But as you point out in the book, that's when you need to do it the most. Exactly. But, but when they try to get in the spirit of, of generosity and of giving, If they have in the back of their minds that they really need to do this to, you know, get clients or get customers to get the business, it then feels authentic, like they're kind of putting on like a awkward suit. And um, so I think a lot of people also don't realize this is not a temporary measure to get business. This is a whole way of being. And so how can someone go from that place where it feels inauthentic and like, this doesn't quite fit me well, and begin to authentically inhabit the principles of, this book and (laughs) how can they, how can they really transform, um, given that they might be struggling, they might really need or want the business and, and not feel like they're, they're sort of doing something manipulative. Do you know what it's like? How can they, how can they make it more authentic?
0: I think there are two issues at play here. The first is like when you brought up, oh, it's fine to do this after you don't need the money and you're doing well. Let's look at that one first. Mm-hmm. and then the second one is about the authenticity in in focusing on others understanding that you're doing that with the idea of being profitable as mm-hmm. well. so let's look at that second. The first one is just uh, the the, the f- and this is based on a false premise, okay that well, when you don't need the business, then you can be more focused on that person. But if you really want to make the money and you need the money now, you got to think about yourself and think about the money. Right? <laughs> well, let's, let's look at this a little deeper, okay? Uh, and see where this is actually very practical, okay? let's say you are in business you really in like all of us when we first start out we need to bring the money in right i mean the money right. is the light blood without it yeah you can have a great idea we can love what we do but we're not going to be in business so we think okay well i've got to focus on my so you go and you have a prospect in front of you and you're about to do a presentation and again you you need the money so <laughs> You don't care about this person. You just care about getting their money. So Sign
1: up, let's go. Right.
0: <laughs> so you come across as someone who's really more interested in their money than in helping them. You yeah. come across as someone more eye-focused or me-focused rather than other-focused. You might ask a question or two, but really it's so that you can kind of get the clothes and yeah are they more likely or less likely to do business with you right now
1: for sure all things being equal for sure less likely
0: (laughs) now let's say you go into this and you still you're in the same position i mean you are just starting out you need the money to survive you're but now what you're doing is you're going to put that aside you're going to temporarily you're not going to forego your self-interest, your sense of self-interest. We're human beings. We're built. We are self-interested creatures. But you're going to temporarily suspend it. Like when you go into a movie, you know the saying, we temporarily suspend our disbelief. Sure. We know that James Bond isn't really cracking a joke while some terrorist has a gun pointed at his head. That would be crazy, right? Right. But we suspend our disbelief so that we can enjoy the show and feel the feelings and get the, you're going to suspend and you're going to focus on that other person. You're going to ask them questions in order to determine and discover what they need, what they want, what they desire. Only at that point are you going to begin to match the benefits of your product or service with their wants, needs, or desires. Your focus is going to be not on yourself and not on transferring their money into your pocket. It's going to be on helping them. When you do this, are they more likely or less likely to want to do business with you right
1: now? More likely, all things being equal.
0: (laughs) Right. So we need to stop seeing this as a, oh yeah, it's great when you don't need it because now I'm going to, no, it's the best way to do business. Remember, right. money is simply an echo of value. And it's to the degree that they feel, remember, no one's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. They're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person who believes yeah. in your product. They're going to okay. buy from you only because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's the only reason why they should buy from you. And so, so it's only when you've shifted your focus from yourself onto them that that is even going to happen.
1: And in terms of making it authentic, right. then. Right. Okay. so That's not an extra question. That's part of the second that question. That is part <laughs> of the question. That's the second part. And I've had people say,
0: "Well, Bob, but what about the fact that yes, I I do generally genuinely want to help them." And by the way, if you don't want to help your prospect or customer, why are you in business? If it's right. just to make money, it's going to it's a tough way to make to make money when yeah. you really care about making money. Money is the result of bringing value to others, okay? And so it's 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 difficult to thrive in business if you really if money is just it. Okay? Right. And so, um, and again, you're talking to a free market capitalist, okay? But capitalism is about bringing value. It's about voluntary exchange between people, okay? Right. So, So to think that, so what happens with the authenticity part is they have a problem with the fact that while they're focused on bringing value to others, they also know they're doing this as a means to profit. Right. What we call what John David Mann and I in in GoGiver sell more the follow up to that book that you wrote. Yes. This is what we call the <laughs> <laughs> this is what we call the um, treacherous dichotomy or the false dilemma. Yes. A false yes. dilemma can be defined as the unnecessary use of the word or, okay? You're either giving or you're receiving. You're either a nice person or you finish first, right? You're either, no. So you're giving, you're focused on the giving, and you allow yourself the receiving. There's no dichotomy. You should be caring about them, and you should be earning a very healthy profit. That's good. And if that's how you feel, that's great. That is authentic. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't try and deny that feeling, that self-interest, just understand mm-hmm. and accept it's part of being a human being, but that what we do is when we truly can focus on bringing value to others, not only does that feel better as a way of doing business, it's also much more profitable. That's great.
1: Great. <laughs> well, I think that's that explains it a lot too, and it makes it okay that you, you do want business, you do want money, and you do want to be profitable, and all of that is okay. It's just sort of the other side of, you, you can't you can't give without someone receiving. It's right, and it's
0: just where your focus is. As yeah, long as yeah. your focus is on them, on bringing value to others, then you deserve all the all the money you're able
1: to receive, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Oh, I'm so glad you came and talked to me about this. Thank you, I am too. <laughs> and I think we've talked about it in a slightly new way. Mm-hmm. Exciting. So, and, and now I'm sorry that I didn't have the the green book to show oh, like okay. this, but <laughs> I like, I like what I, that it's over there. It's in my book bookshelf. <laughs> I didn't, you know, but Bob, I understand that you are um, perhaps working on something new.
0: Yeah. We have a new one in the series. Cause you know, we had the go-giver and then go-giver sell more. And then we had yeah. the go-giver leader. Right. And in the spring of 2018, we'll have the latest parable, the go-giver influencer.
1: I do hope you'll come and talk to us about that. Oh, I would love that sounds phenomenal. Oh, great. I'm so glad. And as you know, I say this every time I do an interview, I wish I had more questions I could ask. But there's a reason it's only two questions It's to keep it brief, but also to keep me a super (laughs) verbose person on track. So anyway, (laughs) thank you so much for being here, Bob. I really appreciate it. Pleasure.
0: My pleasure. Always great to speak with you.
1: And let's not let it be so long next time. We'll absolutely. do this in the spring.
0: I know. Well, we'll have to get another um, event at uh, Dixie Gillaspie's because I think oh, that's the last time we saw each other.
1: Absolutely. Gillespie. She's someone I should also have on the show. Oh, She's, She's phenomenal. Yes, She's absolutely. Yes. All right. That's that's going on the calendar for sure. All right. That's the next email that goes out. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this interview and you, you thought it was as informative and helpful as I did, give us a thumbs up and please subscribe to get more interviews like this. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. This has been 2questions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests and our host, Susan Barancini Mo, visit us at www.2questions.tv.